Hello and welcome to the show today. This is Benjamin Ram McKay's Talk To Me and I'm your host Benjamin. Today on the show I'll feature a chat with legendary Doug Anthony All-Stars member Tim Ferguson. And then after that chat I'll have some reviews of some new release movies thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas and then I'll be reviewing some new release DVDs thanks to Roadshow Entertainment. But first, here's my chat with legendary Australian comic Tim Ferguson. Enjoy. Welcome to the show and thanks for joining me today. Oh, very much happy to be here, Ben. This is awesome. Wonderful. Now, you're a comedian, producer, writer, teacher and musician and you've been extremely successful in all your areas. What has been the key to your success? The key to my success... Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been that successful. You know, what I really wanted was to become Pope. That project is still ongoing. But there's no particular secret. I mean, there's Aristotle once said, there's only one way to succeed. Um, and that's it. That's all he said. He didn't say what it was. He did say there were countless ways to fail, but only one way to succeed. And so... I think what he meant was what everybody knows is, you know, you work like a dog. You have to be prepared to screw up, which thankfully I've been able to tick that box. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, you just keep plowing on, ignore the advice of people who didn't like you in the first place. And hopefully you can manage to duck, dodge and weave a career out of the whole thing. Mm, and there's certainly a lot of hard work involved. Oh, it never stops. You gotta. You just have to keep ploughing on. Get up early before everybody else does. It's showbiz after all. They're all, you know, sleeping with each other with hangovers. <laughs> so it's just a matter of you know, getting up earlier than they are. Talking to countries that aren't Australia, which is, you know, it's a highly limiting country in terms of how uh, how much work you can get done, and uh, you know just doing as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Certainly a very good motto. Well, if it doesn't work, you just sleep with the people in charge, Ben. Well, that's definitely an interesting way to look at that. Well, who or what inspired you to become a comedian? Oh, being a comedian... Maybe these days people have it as a dream, Ben. Maybe they want to be comedians from school because they see, you know, they see comedians on TV and they think, wow, that looks like fun. What a great career choice. Um, when I became a comedian, it was only because uh, I found myself with Paul McDermott and Richard Feidler in uh, the United Kingdom on television. And it was only really after we were on TV over there that I thought, this actually might be a career. It had never occurred to me that there was anything more than a ridiculous hobby on my way to becoming Pope. But, uh, so it just sort of happened. These days people have a whole business plan about becoming a comedian and you know, good luck to them, but um, I'm not quite sure whether uh, having a business plan is as useful as just bad luck to find yourself a comedian. Well, do you think you can draw more on experiences if you have that bad luck rather than planning for it? I can draw on anything, Ben. Um, but you just have to hold them still long enough. But the main thing with comedy is that you, you, uh, you know, you draw on your own experience, I guess. But it's mainly just drawing on your own anger. The best, ex 
comedians are always, when you talk to them, very deeply angry people. They're not necessarily misfits, but they do have to try hard to fit in. They, uh, their anger is the thing that keeps them moving forward because comedy is the best way to express anger without anybody getting upset. Well, speaking of getting people upset, what do you think is the most risky thing you've ever done? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't prioritised them, but a lot of bad, bad things. I think the... Uh, set fire to a couple of theatres in London, which we shouldn't have, but, you know, it was a party, man. Everybody was getting into something. Um, probably went to some show business parties that got, what's the term, out of hand. The parties just get out of hand. And it's only when you wake up in the gutter in the morning with famous actors, you sit up and you realise, you know, where you are and what's happened that... Uh, uh, a bit of self-re-examination occurs. In terms of what I'm doing live on stage, I don't know. The Doug Anthony All-Stars used to stick guns in people's faces. Um, don't forget your toothbrush. We used guns and just blow them up. Um, we'd steal people's bedrooms and and go through their private belongings in detail. Well, did you ever get a really negative reaction on the show from going through someone's possessions? Not really. People, because they're so greedy, Ben. People would turn up to Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, hoping to win the copious amounts of money that we were just throwing out. And so uh, they were pretty well put up with anything. Because right. their, their eyes were just green with greed. And so uh, there was one time we stole this couple's um, nana and their child. We stole them both because the kid needed, you know, someone to take care of him and Nana needed some company. And we, we took them up to the Gold Coast. <laughs> we didn't tell anybody until we're live on television. I said, hey, do you recognise these people? And we cut to the Gold Coast live. Now, of course, they were consenting, but, you know, and Nana was there, but you know, it's not the sort of thing you do in polite conversation. But nobody complained because, you know, the prize was... You can join them if you get these questions right, or whatever it was. Mm. And, uh, you know, so bad behaviour. Comedians live on bad behaviour. George Carlin said it's important for a comedian to find out where the line is and to cross it immediately. That's a very, very true statement about comedy, yeah. He's a smart guy. Very smart guy. Now, speaking of Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, um, how did that very, very expensive show ever get off the ground? Oh, man, I still don't know. It was just a confluence of events. Channel 9 needed to win a time slot, and uh, they just happened to be in just the final days where television would spend whatever it takes. Thankfully, you know, Mr. Kerry Packer was the owner, and he was able to say, yeah, sure, I don't care what it costs. Just, you know, do something that's going to it's going to get a younger audience over to Channel 9. And 
you know, it worked. Younger people came over to us just because, you know, what they had to choose between us and Blue Healers. I mean, really. <laughs> Not much of a choice at all. Well, no, Blue Healers blew up stuff, but there was no audience cheering afterwards. <laughs> Well, um, you're also a part of the Doug Anthony All-Stars, as you've mentioned, and you're now touring again. But how would you describe the group to someone who hadn't heard of them before? Oh, that's like trying to explain the sound of ACDC to a blind man. (laughs) People already know. They are just, they're bad people. They're not good people. I'm, I'm not really, I've never really tried to be a good person. And so they, uh like myself, we're, you know, we're angry people and we're angry about the same things, which just makes um, this confluence work. But, uh, you know, it was uh, quite a period. And so what we're trying to do is to give it sort of a rebirth where people will see it's just the same people, but we're going to be talking about all sorts of different things just for fun. I mean, you can't go wandering around your castle all day. Um, you know, occasionally I get out of the house, but it's only just to go and walk around the grounds. Sometimes you just got to get up, go to the airport and fly somewhere. And it's uh, great to have Paul Livingston and Paul McDermott with me to do that because they're, they're very funny men <laughs> once you get to know them. So uh, you'll be performing new content on this tour? Oh, yeah, there'll be, uh, <laughs> we've been looking at some new song. They, uh, what, what would you, our grandmother say? Saucy. They are saucy songs. Um, uh, completely devoid of any moral tincture. <laughs> well, uh, where, where can our listeners expect to see you taking this new tour? Oh, we're going all round. Uh, all round, all round the world. We're avoiding North Korea um, just because it's really hard to, you know, get gigs mm. in North Korea. Probably a wise move. We're bad producers, bad venues. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be doing, you know, the UK, the States, and Australia, and uh, parts north, south, east, and west. Oh, and also not Antarctica. Um, as a person who's pro-oil drilling in Antarctica, I don't want to muddy the waters by also saying, you know, I want an audience in Antarctica. <laughs> so uh, how long, so how are you spacing out the tour? Oh, uh, we'll certainly be spacing But we're, you know, we're, uh, we're all very busy and so we're kind of doing a hotchpotch. So we'll do a gig here, a gig there, we'll fly around the place, um, spend a couple of weeks in the UK and um, catch up with old buddies and then, you know, take a break, live life to its full, put some pants back on, head over to the States. You know, it will be uh, very much a, a less grueling tour than we're used to. Mm-hmm. i got stuff to do. Paul has stuff to do. And, you know, Livingston, he never stops. He's got another book to come out. His last one was a bestseller. It's just... Uh, so we've got to fit this in with our busy lives. Absolutely. a beautiful Canadian wife. I mean, she's... I mean, I'm shallow, so she is actually just... She's very, very beautiful. But also, you know, I have to devote time to um, keeping her happy. 
Absolutely. Now, you, you just mentioned uh, books, and you've recently released your memoir. How much research was involved, and how much did you just recall? That's a good question. You know, research is very tricky, because the uh, certainly the Doug Anthony All-Stars uh, never told a word of truth to the media. And what this means is there's no point in going on Google and looking up old news stories, because none of them are true. Mm. Um, then, of course, you know, the, the stuff that was really important, the stuff that really makes a story, of course, are, you know, personal conversations and, uh, and events. And they were quite tricky to, uh, 